Hi, I'm Bailey. Hi, I'm Charles. And you're listening to Hold Me, I'm Scared. And welcome back to Hold Me, I'm Scared, where once a week we pick out one fear and explore it. Ooh. Um, this week, we are talking about vermin. Bailey, how do you feel about vermin? Well, before I tell you, I do want to give a shout out to listener Tori, who suggested this topic. Thank you, Tori. Oh, wow. I didn't even know we had a, this was a suggested topic. Thanks, Tori. Um, so I love rodents, but I hate like most bugs. I, I don't like, like I respect them, but I don't want them around me. I used to live in an apartment that had a really bad cockroach infestation. And ever since then, I've been like super terrified of that happening again so like my apartment in every room has glue traps and this like electronic thing that's supposed to emit a signal that makes pests go away and i have only seen one cockroach in the 13 months that i've been in this apartment 14 that's months pretty now. good you know do you remember the time that i because look when it comes to like spiders or things i'll try not to kill them and i'll like send them outside and then i told bailey she found a spider and i was like just leave it there right uh, uh-huh. and then yeah and then she left it there and bailey tell, tell them what happened <laughs> that spider i was literally gonna kill it and charles told me to leave it and that spider had about a hundred spider babies in my apartment and i had it took me like a week to go around killing all of them it was the yeah. worst thing ever I guess it's a good thing I always throw them outside. I <laughs> are you feeling afraid of anything today, just like in general? What are you afraid of? What's scaring you right now? <laughs> um, the fear of uh, total and overall failure is always looming every day. Um, that doesn't really go away. Anybody else have existential fear that they'll never reach their uh, accomplishments? I know Bailey does. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, okay. She doesn't now. She's cured. Great. I'm so wildly successful that I'm not, um, I no longer fear failure. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so good for you. Thank you. Um, I don't have that. <laughs> no, I don't either. I'm still, uh, yeah, that is an ever-present fear. Yeah. Very yeah. valid. Very valid. Valak. Valak. Some people also fear Valak. That's going to make sense to like 0.3% of the people that listen to this podcast. They can look it up. Valak is a demon. Which, have you seen like what the real, well, not real pictures, <laughs> um, <laughs> but the drawing in the, that like demon book? Have no. you seen what that looks like? No. He's like a little baby looking cherub boy. That doesn't sound too scary. He doesn't look, he doesn't look like a scary nun. Anybody else? Mm. The Conjuring? Conjuring universe we love. Well, if you're not afraid of that, what are you afraid of? Right now? In this very moment, with that cup in your hand. Um, I'm afraid of my coffee getting cold. Uh, I am... Uh, oh, I haven't told you about this yet. I So I had therapy yesterday, and I am 
re-entering a type of um, kind of intense trauma therapy that I started a couple years ago and then quit when I left the country. Um, and I'm starting it back again, so I'm feeling a little nervous about diving back into that. But it'll be good. It will it's be good. good. to do work on yourself. It will be good, but that doesn't mean it's easy. <laughs> yeah. Um, It'll be, it'll suck, but it'll be good. Um, oh, I should address, uh, before we dive in, I should address uh, my, my latest controversy with the fans. I owe everyone an apology. Um, see, I'm, I'm a, a dumb bitch, and it's a brand that I like to maintain. Uh, so last week, I did not check to make sure that I was recording from my professional mic instead of my laptop mic, which is why my audio sounded kind of like shit. Uh, but I did check today, so it should be better. And like from the bottom of my heart, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, that happened to me once. Episode, what? I don't know, two, three, demonic possession. Oh, Yeah. That happened to me. It happens to the best of us. And also the worst of us. Bailey. (laughs) You would be the best of us. I'm the worst of us. (laughs) Yin and yang. Even though my Chinese teacher always got mad at me for saying, or mad at all of us for saying yin and yang. She was like, it's not yin and yang. It's yin and yang. She was like, you're all saying it wrong. And I was like, I'm sorry. Um, I miss her. I think about her every day. She came to my birthday party. You didn't know me yet. I was like, the most recent one? Because you didn't have one. I was like, uh, yeah. No, I I, I didn't have one. I wasn't invited and your Chinese teacher from high school was? (laughs) Weird. Holds a different place in my heart, you know. Gonna jot that down to bring up in couples counseling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we do have some facts and figures from, ooh, how do I say that? No, that's not life science. I swear I have like a mild form of dyslexia. It's just Do we? iflscience.com. Okay. iflscience.com, an article titled, What are the most common phobias and what are the psychological causes of them? And a 2017 article called Vermin in History. I love the word vermin. I don't know. It makes me laugh. By Dr. Lisa Sarasalm. There is no one phobia which encompasses the fear of vermin, but why do I laugh when I say vermin? But rather multiple specific phobias relating to different types of vermin. <laughs> You're going to have to get over that, dude. Know, We're going to get through this episode. It'll, it'll get there. Um, so according to IFL Science, fear of mice is one of the most common phobias, which I still don't get, and the most common phobia associated with vermin. Uh, with 9% of people being very afraid of mice and 17 people, 17, 17% of people <laughs> being a little afraid. The fear of vermin has been conflated with other fears. In the Middle Ages, bites from lice and bed bugs were considered to be the evidence of God's punishment. In the later years, the fear of vermin was connected to fear of foreigners and slaves with pests being a hallmark of low class or lack of wealth, and foreigners and slaves being poor themselves. Both were thought of as unhygienic and, though uh, quote-unquote beneath the upper class, had the potential to cause them suffering. Fear of vermin is also deeply connected with the fear of germs, sickness, and bacteria as vermin carried typhus, um, like the Black Plague, and other diseases in 
fact, um, the term verminophobia actually refers to the fear of germs, not a fear of pests or rodents. Yeah, the Black Plague, that was a big one. That was... I don't think typhus was the Black Plague. It wasn't. Um, you said they carried typhus like the Black Plague. Yeah, well, <laughs> typhus was not the Black Plague. Um, black Plague was just a whole thing in her own self, which she wasn't even... Icon. The... She wasn't even the technically like the rat problem. They were just like the vehicle. It was like the little mites on the rats, right? I was gonna do the black plague, but then I figured it wasn't it wasn't like vermin enough. I mean, it's do. about vermin on vermin carrying disease. Vermin I think it's vermin. pretty verminy. Should have done it, but we didn't. It's too late. I thought we might have <laughs> saved that for like a pandemic, you know. Oh, that's also a constant fear. That's something we all want to talk about. Well, none of us have really ever dealt with it. So be something very interesting, something very new for all of us to think about. Do you ever think how strange it is like that? I I know we're making a whole podcast about it, but like being afraid, the whole thing in itself, like being afraid, if you really just kind of like think of like the feeling of fear, like it's so, it's so weird. It's weird that we... (laughs) we get scared and like being scared is like this whole chemical response in your body that makes your heart race and your and I know it keeps us safe sometimes but I don't know I wonder if nowadays versus like older times that I wonder if we're afraid of like more pointless things now than we might have been back then yeah I mean probably I also feel like we're probably we're yeah, we're afraid a lot of the times when we probably don't necessarily need to be. I think I'm pretty much always, like, a little scared. Always? Like, is there, like, a reason? Like, are they... Is it, like, something you can nail down specifically, or is it just, like, you're kind of scared, and that's, like, what anxiety does? It's the trauma. <laughs> it's, like, um... <laughs> It's because, I mean, I know why. Like, I have um, what's called complex post-traumatic stress disorder, which basically uh, it's uh, like a psychological disorder that results in accumulated trauma that compounds over the course of your life. Um, So uh, that physiologically what it does is it kind of always puts me in this state of feeling like generally unsafe. Um, and I was actually, I, I work with children, which I've talked about before. And I was talking to one of uh, my friends who works with kids and he was saying like, oh, I noticed like kids don't have, um, a flinch reflex until they're like three or four. Like I pretended to throw a ball at like the one-year-olds, um, that we work with and like, they just stared at me. They, like, they had no concept of, like, oh, if this hits me, uh, it'll hurt. And I think that's part of the reason why kids, like, are so resilient to injury is because a lot of times injury, like, physical injury is caused by, um, like, tensing before, like, anticipating the impact. Like, that's how a lot of people get injured in car accidents. And I think part of the reason why kids are so bouncy is because, like, they, they're not, like, tensed in anticipation of injury because they don't fully understand the threat yet and I think like emotionally I'm always bracing for the impact of like 
yeah, like something bad that might happen. And I think, um, well, a lot of like the things that have happened, which like, I don't have, uh, let me just clarify, like, I don't have a bad life, <laughs> guys, like, I'm like generally a pretty happy person, um, but I think what like my, how my like PTSD manifests is that I just live in that state of bracing for like emotional impact, bracing for something that's gonna, like a, an emotional threat. And I think while a lot of the things that have been traumatic that have happened to me have not been my fault at all, I think that I cause myself more emotional injury by bracing, by living in this place where I'm always waiting for the next bad thing to happen a little bit. I think then it when inevitably because life like is unfair and bad things will happen, I think living in anticipation of those bad things like creates more harm because it inhibits your ability to enjoy the spaces between. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's So are you saying like sort of in like the similar way that if you're just waiting the entire time for something like bad to happen or something like bad to happen to you, then you're just missing out on like everything else that is happening like yeah the that's good the things whole point and, of what i was saying yeah yeah um which is a hard way to live but sometimes it's it feels extremely necessary especially when you've had sometimes you just can't help it yeah well um i'm going first and i have uh we're trying something new this week to introduce our topics we do a would you rather inspired by charles impromptu would you rather round in our last episode <laughs> Charles, would you rather be stuck in a room with 10 rat-sized cockroaches? Oh, God. Or 100 cockroach-sized rats? Oh, I want 100 cockroach-sized rats. They'd be so little. They'd be everywhere. I don't know if you'll feel the same way after um, I tell you, I give my report. But like, you can't take it back. Rat room, rat room, rat room, rat room. <laughs> You're like, okay, well, now that you've chosen, release the rats. <laughs> There's a hole in my ceiling, all these little rats. It'd be kind of gross, but kind of cute. I oh. would also probably choose the rats. And I, I, even after this report, I think I, I really hate a rat sized cockroach is like maybe oh, no, the most disgusting you. thing I've heard of. Um,. So, my topic is torture by rat. What a lovely way to go. Torture by rat. My sources were Wikipedia, torturemuseum.net, and a 2020historyofyesterday.com article by Peter Presker. Torture by rat uh, was created as a tool of interrogation. Um, It may have originated in ancient Rome. So I read about two methods of rat torture taking place in ancient Rome. Uh, One is, oh, before I go into descriptions, I just want to give a little warning that it gets pretty graphic. (laughs) Um, We are talking about torture. It is violent. Just, you know, a little warning for that. So brace yourself or skip ahead to like probably the end of my report if you don't want to hear some pretty graphic descriptions. Okay, 
So one method of torture um, in ancient Rome was that a victim would be placed inside a barrel and then starving rats would be tossed inside with them. Um, the rats would eat the victim's flesh and then when they got no. full to the point that they stopped eating, more starving rats would be tossed in on top of them. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not, Not the, the barrel, barrel of rats. rats. Put me in the rat barrel. Um, yeah. Uh, so another one is that... Um, okay, this is pretty gross. Another one is that a victim would basically be like partially disemboweled and tied to a table. And then, again, starving rats would be released onto their body and would uh, eat the exposed entrails um but (laughs) so gross okay but this wasn't always the most effective uh because sometimes the rats would chew through the ropes that were tying the prisoner down and actually help them escape (laughs) that's hilarious they're like well we may snack on your intestines but also i will let you go (laughs) um uh, another ancient method of rat torture that I read about took place in on the Indian subcontinent of Asia and involved putting the victim. You're not gonna like this. Um, in they put okay, so they would. <laughs> I'm getting like so nervous. <laughs> okay, they would put pants on the victim. Pants. Oh, <laughs> they put pants on the rat. They put no. tiny little rat pants on the rat. <laughs> <laughs> you just felt so tortured because he's a rat. He okay. Free. So they would put pants on the victim that were like um, very tight at the um, ankles and like the waist, but then had a lot of room in the crotch. And then they would put rats into the oh. pants. <laughs> pants rat so pants. rat. <laughs> Um, it's like it's not funny i'm so sorry we laugh when we're uncomfortable it's it's just so uncomfortable um so then the the rats would um eat the victim's groin no yeah no thank you um i don't love it either to be honest i don't think anybody would love rat pants Rat filled. Do you know I have had pants. a rat in my pants before, and I'm not just talking about my ex. Eh. <laughs> Cut that out. Cut that out. <laughs> no, no. I don't care if this whole episode doesn't air. I will keep that. I will release just that. I had clip. a pet rat when I was a kid named Aubrey and he like would love to just like crawl up the legs of my pants and he'd just hang out he never tried to eat me though but I fed him pretty regularly and I, I think we were buddies I don't think given the choice he would eat me and you know what I that's that's what I get to choose to believe however her little sister <laughs> she was gone <laughs> Aubrey Aubrey gobbled her up Aubrey got a full meal out of her for uh, well, that's what I that's what, what I fed it, him. four months 
The uh, first documented case of torture by rat was in the 17th century during the Dutch Revolt, when Dutch leader mm. Diederik Sone used it as a form of interrogation. Uh, his method, okay, so this is like pretty sad. I feel really bad for the rats, actually. His method was to place a pottery bowl that was filled with rats open side down on the naked stomach of a victim. Um, so basically trapping the rats against the person's stomach. And then <clears throat> they would put heated charcoal on the bottom of the bowl, which caused the rats to gnaw into the stomach of the victim to try to get away from the heat of the coals. Yeah, um... So this this method of torture was extremely effective in in receiving the information that they were looking for from the people they were interrogating. So the Dutch continued to employ this method of torture. And they actually found that most of the victims would confess before the coals were even placed on the bull, which, like, I would. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, the name of this one. We have rat pants, rat barrel, rat bowl, and now we have rat chair. Um... <laughs> So get the rat chair. <laughs> bring out the rat chair. So another form of rat torture was called the rat chair and this was used in medieval Germany. So pretty simple, it involved tying a victim to a chair and then enclosing a cage of starving rats around their head. Around their head. Yes. Um the rats would then start eating the victim, usually starting with like their nose and their ears. Um, and so this one they actually used to like kill people. So they would just leave the rats in the cage and leave the victim like that until the victim died. Oh, that one sucks. Imagine. No, I don't want to imagine. Don't want. I don't. I don't want to imagine, imagine going that way. But that is a slow and bad way to go. <laughs> the rat chair. The rat chair. The rat chair makes the electric chair look like. A dream. It's just uh, horrific. Um, and this form of torture is actually featured in the book 1984, um, which I had forgotten about until I was researching this. But the main character is uh, arrested by the state. And this is a fiction book for anyone who doesn't know 1984. But in that book, um, he's arrested by the state and then tortured via this method. And he ends up like begging them to use it on his girlfriend instead which like is the moment where like we know that he's been broken mm. so yes rat torture has inspired literature <laughs> i the first thought you were to say like it's still used today <laughs> no that well that we don't form know. of rat torture is not used today to my knowledge Another example was that uh, of rat torture was Roman Catholic. Oh, oh my God, oh, that's Jesus. scared. I'm so sorry. Hold me. Oh, I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay, uh, so Roman Catholic writers alleged that um, the Tower of London contained a rat's dungeon during the Elizabethan era. So many rat things. So... Uh, how the rat's dungeon worked is that prisoners were put into a pitch black cell um, that was like it was below like a high point of like the water level um, so that when the tide from the river Thames came in it would like bring rats along with it into 
the prisoner's cell. Um, and this was psychological and sometimes physical torture as prisoners were disgusted by the rats and they were also really afraid of being like bitten or eaten by them and sometimes they were. Uh, variations on this dungeon of rats um, seem to be the most popular form of rat torture throughout history because many humans seem to have an innate fear of the animals themselves, which makes them an effective tool of psychological control and coercion. And sometimes even just like the threat of rats is enough to make people talk. So speaking of like that, like uh, innate human fear of rats, um, there's actually a case study by Sigmund Freud. Um, in 1909, he worked with a patient that he deemed the rat man. Uh, who suffered from obsessive thoughts of his fiance and his father being tortured by rats after he heard about a Chinese method of rat torture which involved rats eating into a person via the anus. That's awful, but I also heard a scary sound at the same time. <laughs> I'd rather, I'd hope it was a rat. Um, that's awful. I know. And so like that case study is is really interesting, but also like Freud's pretty much been outed as like a fraud. Um, so it's not super reliable, but it has been verified because this patient also worked with other psychiatrists that this was an actual problem mm. that someone had. And he's known as the rat uh, man. Fraud. Paley, it's pronounced Freud. <laughs> <laughs> You're so funny so here's uh, here's where it gets like pretty fucked up because i didn't know about this until and i was like oh it's just gonna be like a a pretty jaunty little story about rat pants and rat chairs and rat bowls rat cells and rat bowls um but rat so torture by rat has been used as recently like documented as recently as the 1980s what yeah um, and it's pretty fucking awful. So um, it was used during the Dirty War in Argentina. Uh, so the Dirty War refers to a period of United States backed. So like the United States like supported this, funded this. Um, and it was United States backed state terrorism in Argentina. So this uh, occurred from 1976 to 1983, and it was a part of a larger operation called Operation Condor, which was a U.S.-backed campaign of state terrorism and political repression. So this occurred as... um, from 1976 to 1983 as part of a larger operation called Operation Condor. And Operation Condor was a U.S.-backed campaign of state terrorism and political repression that started in 1975. And this was um, committed by right-wing dictatorships in the southern cone of South America. Um, So during um, the Dirty War... Uh, military and security forces and also right-wing death squads um, in the form of what's known as the AAA or the Argentine Anti-Communist Alliance. They literally hunted down political dissenters um, and also like anyone that they just believe to be associated with socialism, left-wing Peronism, um, or like other political like anti-establishment movements. Um, so it's like this 
like I encourage you if you're an American, which most of our listeners are, to look more into this because I actually consider myself to be relatively politically aware, but my political awareness is like fairly recent. Um, within the last like several years when I started getting really involved in politics and I did not know really much about this at all. Um, I haven't heard of it at all. And like, I mean, I'm not surprised that the U.S. of A. inserted themselves in some place that they didn't need to be and also like backing terrorism. That Yeah. America's um, awful. And there were a lot of atrocities that were committed during um, the Dirty War, which, like, again, wasn't really a war. It's just, like, the nickname. Um, It was more, like, a state-sanctioned, U.S.-backed, systematic torture and execution of anyone who, like, didn't politically align uh, with the uh, dictatorships that were in power. Or the dictatorship in Argentina in reference to the Dirty War specifically. Okay, so this one's this one's pretty bad. So, uh, okay. <clears throat> so these right-wing death squads um, would, would torture their political prisoners. And um, the way that they used rat torture was that they would insert tubes into the victim's rectum or vagina and then insert live rats into those tubes and like force them inside the person what is wrong with people and this is occurring as late as the 80s yeah um uh, really shitty yeah really shitty that like our country was a part of that uh that we were funding the or like supporting the the people that were doing this uh um, yeah and because, um, you know, these were, like, right-wing, like, extremists, this method of torture was, uh, it was called the rectoscope, and it was primarily used on Jewish prisoners. It just gets better and better, doesn't it? I know. Um, so, if you have, like, the stomach for it, um, and you can find stuff that isn't super descriptive, but, I, like, I just highly suggest, look like, reading more about this. is really illuminating, and, um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm a pretty, like, pretty politically aware, especially when it comes to domestic issues, but when it comes to, like, the U.S. involvement in foreign issues, I'm aware of a lot of problematic shit that we've done, but, you know, there's always more to uncover. <laughs> like, right. Well, we, and we're always aware of, like, the current things, but, like, the passings before we were even born like yeah and it's important to know what parts like our nation has had in in the suffering of other people um and also i thought this was interesting okay so i i've seen the movie american psycho and i'm pretty sure this isn't in the movie but in the 1991 book by brett easton ellis um, this method of rat torture, the rectoscope is is used, like, in the book. Patrick Bateman does it to someone. I mean, oh my God. spoiler alert, if you haven't seen that movie that came out, like, years and years and years ago, but, like, it's not, quote-unquote, real. Like, it's this dude's, like, fantasy. But, yeah, that's in the book. Super weird. That is very weird. People are so fucked up. People are so 
<laughs> fucked up. Like, I think the more we do this podcast, the more I'm just afraid of people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, my top fear, humans. Humans, terrifying. Um, terrifying. We're the ones destroying our planet, so definitely not always a fan. I think, like, you know, maybe, like, imperialist humans are the real vermin. Vermin of the earth? Humans. Yeah. So that is the most recent um, example of rat torture that I could find. Totally thought this was, like, confined to uh, medieval times. Me too. Didn't anticipate that. Um it would have been used as recently as the 80s in a uh, U.S.-funded state terrorism campaign in South America. But, you know, uh, we, we learn something new and horrible every day. We really do. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, that is my, that's my report on torture by rat. Torture what by do you think? rat. I, <laughs> I had heard of rat torture before not all of them um i didn't know there was more than one but yeah i mean people are really afraid of rats so it's a reasonable like torture can i also just say like i feel bad like obviously i feel way way worse for the the humans and like the incredible amount of suffering that like people have endured i feel bad for the rats too i also feel bad for the rats because it's not their fault. They no. don't know what they're doing. Like, they're trapped. They're, poor rats. They rats bother so are much. incredibly sweet animals, too. I, and they're so smart. Like, you can train them like a dog. You can leash train a, a rat. You can train a rat to, like, come when you call them. You can train a rat to do tricks. My rat used to just, like, ride around on my shoulder all the time. Hang, and he, like, they're, they're so super affectionate. Too. Um, you know, you just don't starve them and then put them in a, a bowl with coals on top and they won't hurt you. <laughs> I never understood it. I know a lot of people that I talk to and I tell them I had a pet rat, they say, like, the tails, the, like, rat tails specifically freak them out. Oh, like the naked tails? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. They're kind of cute. They just look like worms to me. I like rats. We are... I don't even think about the worms. I just think of it as like a little tail. We should make our stance clear. We are pro-rat, anti-torture. I am very pro-rat. Anti, uh... Pro-rat, anti-torture, anti-terrorism on this podcast. Maybe controversial. Yes. But that's how we feel, and we're sticking to it. We're sticking to it. (laughs) Okay, would you rather have the rat pants... Or, um, ooh, okay. Would you, <laughs> would you rather have the rat <laughs> pants, for, but you only have the rat pants for 20 minutes? The rats are very hungry. There's a good chance that, like, you may get bitten or be locked in the rat cell for five years. Oh my God. <laughs> Wait, that, is that a, that's like probably a bad one. But, like, also, there's less of a chance that you'll be bitten in the rat cell. There's a chance you could hmm. go. But you're in the dark for five... I take the rat pants. I know. In the dark for five years? I, you would become a rat yourself. A little rat person. I don't know. I don't necessarily want to wear rat pants for 20 minutes. I don't want to live in the dark for five years in a rat cell. 
I think you'd have to pick the rat. You pants. have to pick rat pants, right? You have to pick the rat pants. Who's gonna live in the dark for five years? There's like apparently like a whole group of people that live in like the tunnels under Las Vegas. <laughs> the rat. The, they're like legit mole people. Like they, they some of oh them don't see daylight for like years. I don't want to meet them. Someone like a photographer, like went in, like a journalist went in and did like interviews with them. And some of them were like, you know, it's just when it's a. Sometimes we don't know what time of day it is um, on cloudy days because we don't see any light at like the end of the tunnel. So we 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 don't know if it's like five a.m. or five p.m. I I think they have watches. Yes. Not the mole people. Yeah. Wild. Those are a different kind of vermin. Yeah. I don't think the, um, the people are vermin. Just because they live an unconventional lifestyle doesn't mean they're vermin. Okay, but you were talking about an entirely different type of vermin today. Yeah, but and I have a question do you, for you. Do you? I do. <laughs> I do. Um, so, would you, <laughs> would you rather have okay would you rather have one baby a year no what for the rest I'll of your take life the other option. <laughs> hang on <laughs> not yet or would you rather have like maybe or would you rather have 30,000 babies in one day. <laughs> I'm literally speechless. What you just said to me is so horrifying. I mean, that's exactly why it leads straight into... God, oh God. My topic. And here's the thing. You don't have to give an answer because both of those are terrible. I, get, I might put the 30,000 in one day because there's no way I'm living through that, right? Like, and I'd probably die, like, just... Oh, no. You're going to live. You can't keep that. No, you can't add stipulations. No, because here's the thing. Am I... Am, what am I? You're the queen. You're the queen. Am I... The termite queen. <laughs> I'm the termite queen. We've had rat pants, rat bowls, and now we've got termite queens. <laughs> I, I'd rather have no babies but i guess i'd have a baby a year out of your penis if i could have one not out of my penis rectal you poop out a baby every year yeah we just got we've i been, do it every day it's been so disgusting today i know sorry <laughs> sorry um, <laughs> so my sources for my termite research um are which that's hilarious are her majesty the termite queen um national geographic (laughs) video the queen herself the queen herself i talked to the termite queen um a national geographic video also a whole hour documentary that i watched called the inner sanctum the secrets of nature termites um also a site called rent to kill which (laughs) i don't think it's called rent to kill because it's R-E-N-T-O-K-I-L, but I digress. So listen, termites, okay? People are very afraid of termites. 
I really didn't even know quite what a termite was until this whole time. I mean, I knew that they were bugs. I didn't know anything about them, right? I just know that sometimes some dude would come and stick some green thing in my yard and be like, okay, all good. And I'd be like, great, bye. Um, So here's some facts about termites overall. Okay, they all have incredibly weak eyesight, some so much that they are even born without eyes. So they all have to rely on just their senses alone. Like, just well, obviously, their other senses, not their height. Their height. Wow, eyesight together. Height. Um, ants and termites seem to be related. However, they're really not related at all. Termites are sometimes called white ants because some species look like white ants. However, ants are insects that are evolved from wasps and termites are evolved from cockroaches. I had no idea, right? Um, ants carnivorous, right? They eat and I, well, I'm not sure if they're strictly carnivorous, but they do eat meat. Um, termites they're little vegetarians. I just pictured an ant right? with like an itty bitty little ant-sized steak. <laughs> just, <laughs> just cut this little steak. But listen, termites, <clears throat> we share the same thing, right? They're vegetarian. They, but I mean, I'm a vegan. They're basically vegan. Um, they just always got to bring up that you're a vegan. Just, yeah, I'm a vegan, by the way. Did anybody know? <laughs> stop shoving veganism down our throat. I want you to have it. Um, so there are two, okay, there's three species of termites that I learned about. Two of them in America and Kenya have certain little single-celled organisms inside their tiny little body called flagellates that, um, help break down cellulose, which is like wood. Um, the others make a little fungus garden in their mound and that feeds the colony for like a long time and so like they'll bring in their waste and then like chew it up and then like make conditions available for fungus um but listen termites this is this is crazy well this is crazy to me because they they really are like a whole civilization they make like these these mounds, Bailey, especially the ones in Kenya, they have these temperature controlled, humidity controlled environments, and they do it. They're these little tiny things, and they basically make this, like air conditioned mounds. This termite mound sounds better than my apartment. It might be, um, and obviously, and probably more spacious on a like a human scale. Um, because if you were to put like our size, if you were to like to scale everything up, like termites are human size and all their creations are, um, you know, also human size, um, their, their mounds are like skyscrapers and gigantic buildings, like the Coliseum, you know, it's incredible. Um, termites have softer exoskeletons than ants, so they're not like other girls um if they stay too long in the sun they'll burn alive um some of them do have like black exoskeletons to like repel a little bit of the sun but it won't last long um they also are very they are also very into 
pheromones. Um, they make little trails that regulate directions of the travelers. Oh, because they can't see, right? Right, they can't see. So they lay like little trails so that this line of termites goes this way, this line of termites goes that way. Very highway, very cool. Um, And they have little soldiers to line the outside of their little highways to guard against predators. Um, However, like I told you, since they do have very like temperature (laughs) bless you, um, they do have very like temperature controlled kind of like environments, but it also puts out a lot of like gas emission. Oh. Um, we're still not quite sure, at least to the point of this documentary, um, what the gas production level of termites is and how much that actually feeds into global warming. So I was literally going to make a joke about termites causing global warming, but you're telling me they may actually be. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Definitely not as much as us, but like honest but they could be we don't know um so let me talk to you about remember when i asked you how many babies you'd you'd like to have yeah oh yeah oh yeah listen the queen queen termite she's got her own chamber in the heart of the nest and she is attended by millions of sterile workers which i'm sure is an idea you can get into um yes she's kind of helpless on her own um, because she is definitely not like other girls. She is her. Okay. I'm going to try to describe this verbally. <laughs> She's got like the top half of her. Imagine an ant. We all know what an ant looks like. A termite basically sort of looks like an ant with a fat head. Um, the top half is like an ant, right? You got the ant head, the antenna, the like front four legs okay well she's got more than that like i said she's different she's just built <laughs> she's different got a, she's built different she's got like a four inch long abdomen like squishy looking feature and that whole thing just lays eggs okay that's all it does that's all she does Right, and so wait, how many inches wonder, is she in total? Like, how, what percentage of her body is like her egg? She's like holder? five inches. So she's like altogether mostly egg. Oh yeah, she's like ninety percent egg laying business. Okay, and it's it's weird looking. It's weird looking. <laughs> Bailey, put, she'll put up a picture on our social I media. Will. Okay, it's weird. Um, you might wonder how many eggs might one termite queen lay. How many children doth she beget? Um, begot. I don't know. I don't speak old English. So she can lay up Clearly. to... I barely speak English. Um, 30,000 eggs in a day. In a day. Right? Mm-hmm. So that equates to about <laughs> 10.95 million a year. And they can live for, like, 15 years. So that's 164 million children in a lifetime. Talk about a legacy. Um, you want to have that many kids, Bailey? Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd rather be put in the rat pants. You'd rather be put in the rat pants than to have 164 million kids in your whole entire life? Yup. Well, I guess I'll let them know. Um, the queen, but, okay, listen to this. This is also interesting. So it may be nice to be doted on by your sterile workers. 
However, if they ever sense that she's like stressed out, they'll kill her immediately. They'll be like, she's stressed out. She can't handle it. She's gone. Now, how they elect a new one, how they get a new one, where she comes from, I couldn't figure that out, okay? I'm sure the information is out there, but I really couldn't Look, find the it. the inner workings um, of the termite system are far beyond our capacity. Honestly, because it's hard to get in there without <laughs> destroying their entire, like, colony. Um, okay, so here we explore the three different types of termites that I found. We have the jungle um, Bornean termites, right? Um, They don't stay underground like their um, related cousins. They live in trees and like hollow tree trunks. Um, They launch little food raids every like four or five days um, and they don't eat their tree trunk. In America, they like termites are a problem because they eat parts of the home Mm -hmm. but not the jungle ones they're like we're not eating our home we're not stupid so they go out they get food and they bring it back um every four to five days and they have a division of labor the scouts find the food and then um, they lay a little trail for the transportation workers to come out and they um, like, like I said, they lay the pheromone trail. It's so crazy to watch them do this because it really is like, a, I don't know if you've ever, whoever's been in the plane um, and check out episode one about plane crashes. Um, we, if you ever like looked over a highway, like a bird's eye view, that's exactly what termites look like. Just like <laughs> two lane or like three lane highways. And it's crazy. They will stay underground for like, 10 or so days with all their plant material and it takes them like I think it's a two hours for them to eat a whole leaf um all together and they have little small mouths right you might think there's so many of them they just have small mouths they they have a hard time chewing um they the ones in the jungle um they have a lot of uneven terrain because there's a lot of sticks and a lot of divots and tree roots and because, you know, it's the rainforest. So there's a lot going on there. Um, but they will chew little pieces of, like, sand and water. And then they will make these sand bridges and sand superhighways for them to travel easier to and from their food sources. And it's, like, they're kind of creepy looking, but it's kind of cute in a way. Um, the Bornean termites have two predators that we learned of. We have first the pitcher plant, which... You know, I had this revelation the other day is, like I have mentioned beforehand, I'm a vegan, right? Because we're like, plants, you know, um, they're not really technically, like, they're not animals. Like, they don't have brains. They don't, whatever, right? They're, they're still alive, but they're not, like, flesh and blood. However, it gets weird when I start to think of there are plants that eat meat. What does that mean? You know what I mean? Like, it... That I, th- I think it just means there are plants that eat meat. But that's hard for me to <laughs> get by. So much so that I had to use a sock puppet just now. Um, it's, it's crazy. Because then that might argue, like, you know, we're, we eat plants because we feel like it's unethical to eat meat. But then there are plants that eat meat. 
<sighs> this world's fucked up, people. Um, <laughs> I just, I just, <laughs> I just looked into the mirror that's in front of me, like I was looking into the camera on the office. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at myself, like, can you get a load of this guy? The pitcher plant um, has like a little snack on its outside layer right under its rim that's the termites are like this is delicious it's like a dessert for them but if they go any farther to explore and they like step on the rim or on the inside it's so slick that they fall right into the digestive juices Mm. and the plant eats them i know digestive juice 9.99 coming to a store near you um they also have another predator, which is adorable. I don't know, Bailey, have you heard of? The pangolin. Yes, they always look like they're yes. embarrassed. They're so they're cute. They're so cute. Um, for anybody who doesn't know what a pangolin looks like, um, I'll definitely have Bailey put up a picture of a pangolin. But they're like a little armored, like, uh, imagine, sort of like a, armad- a tiny armadillo, but instead of like striped shell looking things it looks like scaled armor and they climb up trees with their little claws and they eat ants and termites and at this point i started to kind of feel bad because i'm like really getting to know the termites right and knowing just like what they do in life and then i also love a pangolin and then watching the pangolin eat the termites i don't know how to feel um this was a lot for you for a bug documentary I know. Um, So we move on to Africa. And Africa is... It's got a lot of dry places, right? Very arid environment. And the Kenyan people actually kind of respect the termites. Like, they don't knock down their mounds. They're not causing anybody any trouble. They will just kind of... Like, the farmers will avoid them with their tractors. And they're always, like... The soil around the outside of the termite mound is very nutritious and mineral-rich soil. So, so Africa. In countries like Kenya, it's very dry, very hot. So there's not a lot of water or uh, fungus to break down all this, like, plant material. You know, when plants just have their natural cycle and it leaves brush behind, there's no moisture to create fungus or mold to eat away the vegetation so that's why the kenyan people like people in africa respect termites so much because since they're strictly vegetarian they just eat like the herbivores they they eat all the dry brush and everything so it keeps um fire risk lower and um it's very important for the environment and they're the only ones, the African termites, who have these large mud vents. And they're huge, but they're... its Like I said, I brought this up earlier. This is crazy that they're, they're temperature-controlled by the termites. They will chew up little pieces of mud and water and then, like, spit it out and build these whole giant, like... 12 foot tall sometimes towers and it creates vents and you can even they put like a mirror over one of the vent holes of the shorter ones and the mirror fogged up so like they 
control the humidity and all the levels and all these vents and with certain vents at the bottom it helps wind blow through and get carried up to the top and um, with other certain vents it keeps areas like the chamber where the queen is at 100% humidity so she's always living the life of luxury in there and it always like the farther down you go um the more moisture they have and some of them will you know make the fungus gardens and they feed that way and it's it's incredible that they truly are ventilation systems um and the vents expel like waste gas and that and that's where um it comes into well you're not sure exactly how much of that gas emission contributes to global warming (laughs) um probably definitely not as much as the cow industry and the fossil fuel industry at that um so they do have a predator the african ones do uh, like everybody does we all have predators um the i don't know what that means either um the ants there are certain type of ants that will spread out from their colony and they will specifically search out termites Mm -hmm. and they don't really have like any kind of attack they just kind of gang up on them (laughs) and then just tear them apart they're just bullies and like chew them yeah so then we move on to america and in america termites they're a different story Okay, because termites don't just build mounds. They don't just live in trees. They live in our houses and they eat our houses. They don't just exist outside of us. It's not a a mutualistic relationship. They, and the crazy thing is, people don't even know a lot of the times that they're eating their house. Drywood termites, which is what they are called here in America. Um, they cause more damage than hurricanes oh and God. fires combined. Um, that's kind of crazy. In our country, I know. Um, more more house damage, I should say, not just like damage. <laughs> um, you know, when it comes to me explaining all the African and the jungle termites, you're like, well, they don't sound as bad. Well, the reason why we worry about them so much here is because sometimes people don't even know that they're in their home they can't hear them in the wall sometimes maybe kids will hear a scratching sound but like don't really understand what it is and um little like bits and pieces that they'll leave you don't always see you don't always see the signs of termites in your house you just won't and so that's very dangerous because sometimes your house will just collapse out of nowhere oh god and yeah um and this has actually happened to, uh, there were two stories that I found. One, which was a house that was still under construction. And there were two workers who were still inside when some of the top beams just collapsed. And they both made it th- out, except one of them had a leg injury. And the other one, he was fine, but his truck Um, one of the parts of the house happened to collapse on the truck and it dislodged a tire or two. Oh, God. (laughs) So, um, meanwhile, there's another lady in the UK who, her name was Adelaide. She's an elderly lady. She experienced quite the shock when she woke up 
to her bedroom ceiling, crashing on top of her. <laughs> and um, she always had minor injuries. Good. But um, the, yeah, case, the, the whole reason, the cause, was because of termites. So termites, like, could kill you. Essentially, yes. Yeah. So when it, I was like, why are we so scared of termites? Like, why are they so whatever? And then when it got to, like, talking about the American termite, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> So they can tear down our entire house. Great. <laughs> now I'm worried at any moment. <laughs> but, however, um, termites, essentially, especially like the ones in the jungle and in Africa, are very beneficial to our environment. Just like cockroaches. Even though cockroaches may be disgusting and creepy, um, they are a very important part to the decomposition in our ecosystems. So I know they're creepy. And they're awful, and they're great. Look, they even creep me out. I still okay? don't like them. They are, unfortunately, important. So, yeah, that's that's my termites. That's a lot. I mean, there's a lot I didn't know. That was very I know. I, re- I didn't know really anything about them, and I thought it would just be like, they're a pest, they eat your home, and that's it. But no, they have these whole, like, cities, these whole citadels that they live in. Yeah, I think what I learned today is that termites are vastly more efficient and less cruel than the U.S. government. Right. And I think something we've also learned is sometimes when your leader is stressed out, kill them. You have to kill them. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that's wild. I never thought of like how a termite infestation could literally kill you. Like if your house collapses out of nowhere on top of you. Yeah. They could be deadly. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's a good reason to be afraid of them. Um, if you live in America or any place with a house, um, I would encourage you to uh, maybe check into like a termite checkup. That's a thing, you know? right? It is. Pest control. Just be like, hey, hi, pest control. And they'll be like, yep. And you'll be like, hey, can you check for termites? And they'll be like, yep. And then look them over, they'll check for termites, you get a bill, and then you figure out what to do from there. <laughs> I, I can't tell you what's going to happen, um, most likely. No, I'm not even going to say that, because I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but, like, termites could ruin your life, if not end termites it, or end it. Termites could ruin your life, and apparently so could rats. <laughs> Would you rather, in the termite society, mm-hmm. be... One that lives in the jungle, one that lives in Africa, or one that lives in America. Would you rather eat people's houses, um, contribute to farmland, or just kind of like exist and build sand bridges? Mm, I think. Who are you gonna be? I just I I want to build the sand bridges. Just kind of exist. Just live mm. my little termite life. But I wouldn't want to be the queen because. I, I wouldn't last a day. Yeah, you'd be stressed out. They'd kill you right oh, away. Oh, instantly. I wouldn't last a minute. <laughs> They're like, she's our queen. And you're like, I don't like this. I'd be like, <laughs> you want me to have how have many children? Her. And then I'd immediately be killed. <laughs> well, oh, that's our, the, my other would you rather was going to be like, would you rather be a like a worker termite, a soldier termite, or... No, that's it. Yeah, would you rather be like a, a worker or a soldier 
because the soldiers oh I, I forgot to mention this the ones in the jungle have like a little horn and <laughs> they can spit out like a little tiny acid attack I mean that does sound very cool but I think I'd still rather be a worker because I'd probably have like a longer life oh that's true you don't have to deal with much you're just like oh. but as a termite do you have a concept of mortality like if I don't fear death then maybe I'd rather just take the acid horn. I don't know. I haven't spoken with many termites since I talked to Her Majesty the Queen. <laughs> <laughs> um, she and she doesn't know much. She's helpless. Ew, Bailey, you gotta see. You gotta see what she looks like. I will. I will look it up and I will post pics on the Facebook page and the gram. Uh, remember, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at HMISpod, and you can find us at Facebook at Hold Me I'm Scared. Um, also, if you're liking the podcast, please give us a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts because it helps other people find us so that they too can learn that it's a scary world out there. So hold on to the people you love. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.